Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to take your body care routine to the next level. Introducing Osea's bestseller body care set, the perfect companion for your summer travels. This four-piece kit transforms dry skin to silky, soft, and glowing. It features travel sizes of Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil and Body Butter, clinically proven to improve skin elasticity, along with their anti-aging body balm and salts-of-the-earth body scrub. And to top it off, it's packed in a vegan leather bag, making it a must-have for all your summer adventures. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat yourself to glowing, healthy skin this summer with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, you can get the Best Sellers Body Care Set valued at $78 for 33% off. Use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com code SUMMER. You can't win anything with kids. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. How much are the players looking forward to Arsene Wenger arriving? <laughs> Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Phoenix Five, season two. We had a little break and left you with some fantastic interviews. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed those. Uh, Robbie Musto, Raw Fox and Phil Brown. Uh, we've been busy creating some new content. Uh, we have some more absolutely amazing interviews recorded and they will be released. Um, we're not too sure yet if it'll be partway through um, or at the end of the season. So this season we've had a chat and as a group we've decided that, you know, as much as we want to cover the 90s, we do want to dip our toe in to the noughties. So we'll be covering another episode such as Player versus Player, a look back at the FA Cup, and have a look at an England tournament, the Golden Generation, Champions League of the Noughties, and again in the 90s. And we will be introducing our first two members into the Phoenix High Hall of Fame and much more. On this week's show, we'll be kicking things off just like season one with more things that we missed from the 90s and the noughties. So underdogs like Greece and Porto, Real Madrid's Galacticos, Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, Rivaldo, kits still being massive and the start of money coming into football. We're going to start off with the birth of the golden era. So Miller, what, what was what is it you, you miss or remember about the golden era? The golden era to the late 90s going into the noughties and the England squad at the time, what we had after the 98 going into 2000, 2002, I thought that was our best opportunity. I know the press and everyone hyped them up way too much, but that team, if they was managed correctly and the tactics put onto them with the right formation, we could have went really far with that team and that squad. Like Spain did, like France did. They got a good core 
15, 16 players and kept them and used them well. But the the golden generation, whatever the media called it, yeah, it was that was the biggest letdown for me of quality of players, of how they was managed. Do you think under a better manager, they would have gone on to win something then? Yeah, better manager, better tactics. Okay, who? who what manager would you put in at the time, would you say? I thought Huddles, uh, as I said on one previously, after 98, I think Huddles, with his tactics, he was ahead of the game. With that bunch, that golden generation, he would have definitely have taken us further. The problem is, I, I think... With the I, I don't think Sven had enough about him tactically. You know, as a hard one because I think he was quite. I, I, so you think he was looked at as a foreign coach tactically because he was foreign, so therefore he must have been tactically better than what we had in the country at the time. Because obviously with the influx of foreign managers in two thousands when we started to really get the big managers coming over. I, I wouldn't say his main thing for me was he picked people by name, not by whether they was on form. Huddle for me would have dropped star players like he done in ninety eight with Gaza how he treated Beckham and stuff like that. I reckon he would have cut players for the benefit of the team. When Sven and people like that, who and Keegan, they were picking players by names of who they are in the Premier League and stuff like that. Graham, would you agree with that? Yes, I do, 100%. Exactly what Miller's saying. Um, the word golden generation, um, I think, doesn't just include England. It includes a lot of clubs around the world. Um national sides around the world. They have a certain amount of players that are good at that stage and then they've, they've gelled together and then become the golden generation. Uh, no, I agree with 100%. I think the word golden generation for England is hype. I think there were 11 players that were great and world-class at the time for their clubs. Put them together, didn't gel well enough. Then, then I, didn't, I don't think they got to a semi, let alone a final. Um, he's, Miller's bang on with the Sven thing. The tactics didn't work. But as well, I think um, I think when you get down to it, and when you look at the tournaments, European Championships and World Cups, you've got the likes of Italy, you've got the likes of Brazil, you've got the likes of Holland, Germany. At the end of the day, I know it's a knockout tournament, but they're just better than us at the end of the day. At the end of the day, um, I don't know how else you can sum it up. Over 90 minutes, over extra time, I can't remember the stats, penalties, etc. We didn't do enough as an 11, as a unit. And that's why we didn't win anything, you know. Individually, I think they were fantastic players. Like I say, you know, you, I don't know, top of my head, Gerard, Scholes, Lampard, world-class, um, fantastic players. But as a unit, they weren't good enough. Um, I just, before we go on to Dave, you know, when we done the World Cup 98 one, I was on wrench of Romania and I was laughed at. But at that time, it was their part of their, 98 was part of their golden generation. That's why they were a good unit. They weren't all world-class players, they, they, but they gel well as a team, you know. They didn't get the semi-finals and finals either. So, yeah, I, I think the word golden generation was hype. Individual players weren't hype. They were that good. But as Miller said, under Sven, I agree with him, under a better manager, i.e. Hoddle, maybe somebody else, um, they would have. I think they would have done better, yeah. Yeah, I think he's spot on, mate. Paul, could you think of another manager that could have taken the English golden generation any further than what Sven did? I, again, I'm going to repeat what I've said in the past, and I think with you guys, I think Glenn Hoddle was treated sacked too early. I think, again, I don't know about the tactical side of things. I get the name. I understand and agree with the names in terms of picking names and shoehorning players in onto different positions so they, they were in a team. The golden generation, as we like to call it, that 11 was the best. I think you could argue that was the best 
England eleven that we have seen in our in our lifetime, definitely. Um, but you even go onto the bench, though. I know you say eleven. Yeah, yeah. You, you go onto the bench. Any one of them could have come into the starting lineup. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I but I think it coincided, unfortunately, for England at the time that. Brazil had somewhat of a golden generation. France mm. had somewhat of a golden generation. And Brazil mm. had somewhat of a golden generation. So yeah. uh, if you put that England team in international football now, and this 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 current World Cup and European Cup, I think we go on to win a double. I think we win a World Cup and a European Cup championship, no matter who the manager is personally. I think they were that good ahead of uh, what we've got now. At that time, you had Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, Rivaldo at Brazil. You had Henri, uh, Vieira, Petit at, at France. It, it was difficult, very, very unfortunate. Spain dominated for a long period of time. No, I don't know if I, if there is another manager I would have come in at that time. I didn't think so. I can't remember it on the top of my head. I will look at it when we do the tournament England in a later episode. I will look to see who was linked to that job because I think you'll find there was a lot of disappointment when Sven was appointed because it was the first non-English manager. I think a lot of people wanted to go against that. But going on, just, just keying into slightly, as you said, what, what Graham said about Romania's golden generation, there was someone at a golden generation, and that was Greece in the 2004 Euro, Euro Championship. Yeah. And what, Holland, do you remember that tournament? The worst Euros ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do remember it. Um, and they scored about five goals. Worse than 92, Miller? Yeah, worse than 92. Really? Yeah, <laughs> that it might, was the must worst have been tournament. <laughs> But that, that showed the time of Greece coming in. I mean, it was a very, very, you know, you could say poor, but at the same time, it's a knockout competition. An underdog yeah. won it. It wasn't seen to be, you know, well, they weren't favourites going into the tournament, but they just did what they had to do very well. It was organised. And in the same period, in the same year, Porto won the Champions League. You know, so underdogs in 2004 were massive. It's just interesting, I think, if you find the reflection of golden generations, golden eras. Can I just jump in about this? I've got a problem with being, that being called golden generation because it it gives a false pretense that there was some success there. The only the only thing that was the only thing that England have got going on for themselves at that time was that the, on paper the team looked great, but nothing 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 else. And that's so where it's the all media. Yeah, I've got, I've got, and if I was part of that, I wouldn't want to be called the golden generation because what did we win? I you know, and it put too much pressure on them. To yeah, do it's something. just a load of, they, they, like you said, they shoehorned skulls to the left just so skulls didn't get left out of the team, mm. and it's, that's ridiculous. Like you see that midfield, it was Lampard, Gerrard, and skulls, which would have been great in a formation now if you could have had them uh, playing central, one a little bit further up, whatever you know, one sitting deep, and then you've got your two, you got your two wingers. No one would say. Forwards now, yeah. So and you got that. So the formation now, yeah, it would have been great. But like you say, it was all just to please to please people by picking certain players just because who they were. So yeah, I've got a problem with it called being called the golden generation. I I, I think that's just that's a load of bollocks. Like you had players that were on form for their club in the Premier League, and even probably turning up to the England squads, thinking I ain't even going to get a chance here. I'm turning up. And I'm literally making the numbers up for training just because you knew who exactly who Sven was going to pick. I, I do agree. I think we'll, we'll we'll move on because I think when we do the England tournament in a couple of weeks' time, I think we'll come back and we'll delve a bit deeper into the golden generation because I think it's a fascinating period. I'll call it that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the England generation of greatness, maybe. <laughs> so obviously we've covered the 90s quite quite a bit in the last season. The 90s or the 2000s, what was the better era for you? Obviously, I think you're going to say the 90s, but... Going on to like to about 2005, I was still living in London then, so I was still going to Fulham home and away. 
um, are still following football, then boxing took over, etc. But the period we're carrying into now, the 2000s to 2010, I was still, you know, knowledgeable about it. Um, no, if you're talking about what's my favourite, it's going to be my, it's going to be the 90s, 100. percent It's the era I was a child in. It's the era that drew me to football. It was the era I was passionate about football, and I love the nineties. We all grew up together. We all played football every day at school. We all bought match, uh, match and shoot magazines, sticker books. At that time, I mean, you look. I mean, I don't. I mean, we've all got children now. I mean, Dave's obviously Holland's is a bit older than us, and he's doing the sticker book now. So, at that period when you were a child, probably from about the age of ten to 15, 16, football. Your football's your life. You know, you've got no other worries in the world. You know, now we're adults. We're looking at work, family, money, etc. It's football, football, football. So yes, nineties is my is my period when I look back and love the game, mate. Yes, it is. Yeah, Miller. Noughties for me, purely because I was older and I was watching football in a different way, more from a tactical side of it and appreciating how teams were playing and the the levels of skill that's on show by players. In the 90s, young at school, it was just Sky bringing in the Premier League, on watching like night games and stuff like that down QPR. It was more of the atmosphere and the excitement of it. But noughties for me, the quality of player on show in the noughties for me was better than the 90s. And uh, that may be a bit harsh to say about some of the 90s players who were very good. I yeah, so we're, like, we're, that we're not going to get no guests on now you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I just think the talent and training that was brought in with the foreign players coming in into the mid to late 90s improved the Premier League in the early noughties going through. Like, look what the after Man United 99 was it? Champions League. Then Liverpool went on to do it. Chelsea went on to do it. Arsenal failed to do it. Sorry, Holland. <laughs> That's a dig, Dave. Yeah. Oh, Fulham nearly did it. Fulham nearly did it in UEFA Cup. UEFA, Middlesbrough, done it. So, like, in, in the early noughties, the the quality of football was a lot better than the mid-90s, I'd say. Holland, would you agree? Are you 90s or noughties? I, I like both. And I like I like I like football all over really. I, I, you know, it's, there's no really era for me because it just in the in the noughties it was just an excuse to go to the pub and watch football. Where I couldn't do that in the nineties. So <laughs> not that I, not that I needed to, an excuse to go to the pub in the noughties. It was, it was just standard from Thursday to Sunday. But it was nice to be able to go in there and watch football. So you know, uh, but yeah, for, I agree with what Willis says. I think. The, the, the standard of football improved in the noughties compared to the nineties. I, I believe. Uh, yeah, I would say I would say that the, the better football was played in the noughties. But I, I like both. You know, like Euro '96. That's for me. I, you know, I said that before. I loved that, and that was in the nineties. So there's there's pros and cons to it all. But I've got three moments in the noughties that I remember that I love. One was England five-one with Germany. That would love. That was that I could watch that all day every day. Beckham's free kick against uh, Greece to put yeah. us through and the Invincibles but we've gone on about the Invincibles before so I don't, I don't want to go on about it but they're my three moments that, I've, that just spring to mind when I think of the noughties and, uh, the 5-1 like, yeah. day sorry the 5-1 you mentioned there I think what I read that was the start of the media hype of Golden Generation wasn't it after that 5-1 hammering of Germany I think that's where it all started wasn't it this episode I was like, kind of thinking about it because I knew it was one of the questions I was going to ask I'm with 
Every, it's a very mixed one. I think Graham, obviously, what he was saying, I completely get in terms of it was free flowing in, in, in your youth, just being able to do football and enjoy it for what, what you could participate with. But for me, as Miller said, you start seeing it through different eyes. And obviously, we're going to coaching. I really felt in depth. And you get behind the scenes of it. And then all of a sudden, the way you see games and you sit in the stand and you're watching things and you're anticipating runs. When you're in, your, in the 90s, I couldn't do that so because I didn't understand it at that level. I think the football accessibility in the in the 2000s to 2010 was growing. So you could consume it a lot more. Whereas before, um, I mentioned in the intro about surprises in football, where you used to have someone rock up and it was a massive surprise when they signed for the club by checking teletext. Whereas now it's 24-7 and, and you get that in the mid to late 2000s. What about Mourinho coming in when, when the special one walks in? We all remember that, surely. He came in, obviously, if Brunwich Cat comes in, flies over in the helicopter, was about to buy Spurs, got turned down and then said, right, I'll go and buy them instead and, and, and picks up Stanford Bridge from Ken Bates. Um, I remember that, Paul, in the Evening Standard. Yeah. I remember that I remember that from the Evening Standard, that. It's yes. on the back page of the Standard um, about um, Brunwich in the helicopter, wouldn't it? Leave off. You never, watch, you never read the Evening Standard. You, you read the sport. That's it. That was a sport, Dave, obviously. <laughs> oh, you mean the daily sport? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll rephrase that. I bought the daily sport. My dad bought the standard. <laughs> it's a notice of that page. Um, yeah, no, Paul's right. Apparently, he came over to buy um, Spurs, didn't he? And they refused. And he went over in the helicopter and uh, he saw Stanford Bridge below. Um, from what I remember, he said, Who's, whose grounds that? It's old Chelsea. And he said, Someone like, I'll have them instead. And then the story went from there, Paul. Am I right? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right? on. Yeah. That's on. That, that, again, I think was the turning point. I think the Chelsea coming in, buying buying up league, so to speak. And that was the first club. You call it Man United Day, but Chelsea were the first club to buy the league. They came in investing uh, Crespo, I think uh, Damien Duff. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I've got, I've, hang on yeah. a minute. You, you didn't do that in the 90s, no? You that with a straight face. What do you mean? You, are you serious as a Man United fan trying to tell me that uh, Chelsea were the first team to buy the league? 100%. Black, or Blackburn, maybe I could say Black, Blackburn were the first team. And, and Man United, I know we've had this argument before, so you are standing by it that Man United never bought a league, no? No. No, I was not that. Oh, my days. Okay, you carry on. Um, <laughs> oh, my days. I, 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 no, hold on. Because I, I can't have this attack. Hold on, just very quickly. Dave, back your argument up. Go on. That's what he's waiting for. Oh, no, we, we, we went over Paul's this. Right. Sorry, Paul is right about Blackburn. They were the first side to throw... X amount of millions in one season to buy it. Am I right, Paul? But, but yeah. I said this. I said this before. Every team ever, other than Arsenal, every team ever challenged Man United, they challenged them with money. What do you mean, Arsenal? Got, I'm not having this. No, 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 no. We said this. Who's said correct? I didn't we see. Who said correct? The Arsenal. Wenger spent bucket loads of money when he was competing against Ferguson. You've, we we brought youth in constantly. We brought our own players in for the academy constantly. You've done we, it once in ninety. You've done it once in ninety-two. That was it. Is that it? Yeah. Um, does anyone want to disagree with David? Because I don't want to just be the only person that's, that's sat, I think sat. Dave means all in one. They brought him in all together. Whereas Paul, you're probably saying they brought him in, in bits and bobs. Yeah. Is that what you're both saying, Dave? 91, 92? Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I am. I, yeah, I mean, what, what, what do they call them? That's another class. Class of 92. Oh, class of 92. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. But, but, uh, yeah. They're the ones. But, don't try and tell that's me not buying a league, is it? I don't. All he did Rooney. <laughs> Rooney come through the youth. You know what I mean? No. Exactly. That's what they do. It's called signing players, you mug. What's wrong with oh, you? Oh God! It's called. Oh yeah, but Man United done that more than anyone else for British transfer record fees most years. But, so, but, but but just spending the money on one player 
doesn't mean that, that they're throwing money. Yeah, but that's what Man United could do. The minute Man United did win a league, they just go and buy, buy a big, big sign. But, but we self-created ourselves. Man United created their own wealth. Blackburn was... Blackburn was Walker. No, no, because Blackburn was Walker throwing money at the situation. Yeah, Berg, there you go. And the, the Man United... You, you just said what I said. Created their own wealth. And I'm, uh, anyway, we'll, we'll move on because... So, yeah, we all know that. Right, so I win. So I win. You, you, well, you I don't know. You you've proven like all so yet. far about everything that you've proven that you was wrong. And the stats back that up. So, but uh, going on to Chelsea. So, obviously, in 2004, as I said, off the five, then Jose comes in. Championship manager becomes real life. Uh, it was literally go and look at a player, I'll sign him. Look at a player, I'll go and sign him. So, it, it was quite enjoyable in, in the 2000s. I think he's got bigger and bigger now with Man City and other clubs coming and do it. But that links on nicely to Galacticos. Who remembers that period? Madrid's Galacticos era in the beginning of the century can be a controversial topic. Was it a story of success in transforming a club into a global brand? Or was it a story of failure in how to build a balanced team to compete on the field? Did the business ambitions exceed the footballing goals? The story of how Zidane signed for Madrid started in the Euro Gala in August of 2000. As Perez passed a simple question on a napkin for Zidane, would you like to play for Real Madrid? Zidane passed back his reply on the napkin, which said yes. Ex-assistant of Alex Ferguson, Carlos Queiroz took over managing duties, as Perez justified this decision by saying he wanted a more tactically astute manager. And David Beckham was introduced as the newest Galactico, as this transfer proved that Florentino's intentions were purely driven by commercial goals. While titles have been absent in the last three years, and many managers and directors have been recycled, Florentino Perez succeeded in his initial plan, which is to turn Real Madrid into a commercial and profitable machine. Based on Deloitte's report on the richest clubs in the world, Madrid claimed the top spot in the 2004-2005 season, and despite not winning any titles, Madrid kept their position through to the president's resignation in February of 2006. Yeah, unbelievable. That's why I, I was going to bring it up earlier about the noughties being the best generation is the quality on showing the Champions League and how far the British teams were going in there, even so it because right at the time. But yeah, the Galacticos were special. But I'd go the squad just before the Galacticos would have beat them on paper as a team at Real Madrid. Like when Steve McManaman and them guys were there. I reckon that team would have beat the Ronaldo team. Well, the Galacticos coming in was really interesting because it was like their philosophy was a superstar sign every year. And it was literally the best player in the world they would go and sign. No matter the fees, they would go in. I mean, getting Figo from Barcelona, Zinedine Zidane, David Beckham, unbelievable. And again, it was, and watching them was just a joy to watch in, in that period. Uh, Graham, do you remember much about that 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 that, that period? I, I thought. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Paul. I might be completely wrong. I thought Galacticos were British players. Is that was that not the thing? No, no, no. it was a Galact- no. It was the era of the Galacticos. Okay, uh, yeah, I do remember it. Um, I just had the impression it was all English players. Um, I don't know. How, don't get me wrong. McManaman was good at Liverpool. He got better at Real Madrid, but I'm surprised he went there. To be honest, McManaman. He wasn't. He's not a player. 
he's sort of not even cherry picked to go to Real Madrid, is it at the time? Because he was good, but he wasn't great. Wasn't um, he a free yeah, transfer? Mm-hmm. Again, sorry. Didn't he go on a free transfer at Manaman? Yeah. I've no idea. I remember him yeah. going to Real Madrid, but I, I, I wouldn't have thought at the, at that time he was good enough to play for them. Um, obviously he was. He scored in the Champions League final, didn't he? Um, yeah. If I remember rightly. When we do the two thousand, I think he might have a good shout because I think he's a very underrated player. And I'm. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you another brilliant player that went there, Jonathan Woodgate. Remember him? He got he scored an own goal and got sent off on his debut. On his debut, very good player though. He was a good player. He just he just it didn't work. You know, it's just some things just don't work out, and that just didn't work out for him. Same as Mike Warren, didn't work out for him there. But he, if you look at Michael Owen's uh, games to goals ratio yeah. in that in when he was there, it ain't bad, and he was a sub most of the time. What about football shirts of the 90s? Because you still had, obviously, in the noughties, if you go back and look at them, you still had the famous massive football shirts. I love them, Paul. I love them. Graham. This is your speciality. Yeah, I'm a massive fan of football shirts. I've had, I'd say from about when we was at school until now, I'd say I've I've had about over a thousand football shirts of different different clubs, um, countries, non-league site. I mean, I've got one on now. Um, It's an Adidas equipment original. It's... um, an early 90s German amateur club. I don't even know who they are. I've just collected. I love them. I think, guys, I mean, if you look at the football shirts now, have you noticed how sort of, I mean, we're like in our late 30s now. Obviously, we're, we get a bit bigger. We fill out and whatnot. They're all like very slim, tight, and the uh, sponsors on them are all Chinese betting companies. Whereas in the 90s, they were very baggy, and you had like a local local um, sponsors, didn't you? Sponsors, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, top of your head, I mean, you had, I'm thinking now, um, Draper Tall, Southampton. You had Classic mm. FM, QPR. You had Dickens for Middlesbrough. Uh, I, f- I find a very, even though I'm not football mad 2021, I think I find the kits quite boring now, very samey. I think the football kits had a lot of character then. Don't you Don't you agree or do you disagree, lads? Yeah, no, I'll agree, I, I'll agree with that. And I, I learned, especially the colours. Is that obviously mm. what turns Harper on? The goalkeeper's coloured shirts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was a great player because he wore a pink shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but no, I agree with what Graham, you, you know, no one, can, no one can talk about it better than him. The designs are very same now, aren't they? They're very catalogy. Whereas yeah. back in the back in the 90s, they were very unique. As if I had their own sort of... I know you had the Adidas... Look at USA 94. A lot of the teams had very similar stripes and whatnot. But when you look at the Premier League, there was a lot of different... I don't know. I think kits have changed a lot. It's hard to explain, you know, off the cuff without doing any research on it. Um, they're just very different. I think everyone looks the same now. They're very tight fitting. The Chinese sponsorship. Um, I just think everyone looks the same. You know, whatever colour you are, the kit suppliers are the same. It's either Adidas, Nike or Puma, isn't it? Yeah. Where you look yeah. back years ago, QPR had Clubhouse, didn't they? You had yeah. Hummel. Kappa. Um, oh, help me out, guys. I'm trying to think on the top of my head. Um is it Kappa? Cap- yeah, Kappa. Everyone had very different, but it's very similar now. Everyone's got more or less the same. I think you remember as well with the kits as well. You used to get two years out of a kit. You mm. know, like the home kit, you'd have it and you'd know it'd be, it'd be it for next season. You get, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's still be, they, they're changing the kits every single season now, three kits a year. Bosh. And it, do you know what I mean? It's, it's all like you get like you like to go on the it's money, it? it's all money. It's all money. Yeah, now, Alfie, to get Alfie a kit, a full kit, it's about a one and now that's ridiculous the rip off Dave isn't it yeah Dream Team did anyone watch Dream Team on Sky 1 after Simpsons on a Sunday night yeah loved it mate. the no, bird in it was well, it was the one that was bird that was she's in Cory now she was a terror lady wasn't it Linda her name was Linda wasn't it yeah, yeah <laughs> Dream Team was decent yeah it was fucking stupid but it was good 
And then, what was the guy in it? Carl something is the, stri- the striker. Fletcher. 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 Oh, Fletcher, yeah. That's it, yeah. Renford rejects. Anyone watch that? No. I remember that on Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. I, remember that, I, I remember Footballers' Wives. Remember that one with ITV? Yeah. That was another stinker. <laughs> and then you had, obviously, um, Soccer AM, which was is still now going, when that was the first launch of Catalogue Football TV. It's, it's not It's not the same since it was old um, Lovejoy and Chamberlain. It's never yeah. been the same since without them. No, the minute he left, it was over. No, but like the Champions League then, in, in, the, in the noughties, early noughties, when that music comes on, and you know it's going, especially a midweek game, when like under the light, say like at Old Trafford or Anfield, pissing down with rain under the lights against say Real Madrid or or Barcelona, whoever. Them games for me were were just class. Say from two thousand and three to two thousand and five, was it Chelsea Liverpool semi finals? A couple of years on the bounce, I was in Frankfurt watching one of those semi-finals and it was blinding I was in an Irish bar next to the central station absolute atmosphere in there was ridiculous but yeah I, I'm, I miss Champions League football from the noughties I don't like watching it now it's all same same knockout you know who's who's going to get through you, you, you can literally have a bet of the teams that are going to get into the quarterfinals but back then it was exciting you never knew Everybody had a chance of winning it back in the early noughties. Well, Porto's an example of that. Yeah, definitely. Or, or Bayern, Le- Bayern Leverkusen in the past, the, the Champions League in nineties, noughties. Well, yeah, I've done. Um, I've done a bit of a rant, deny in the SPL episode. Um, yeah, yeah, you know my feelings about that. Um, it's, I haven't got anything against any of the teams. It's just the format. Um, I agree with Miller. He's on about the 2000s, so I, I can go back even earlier. It's, it's the music at the start. Mm. You got to remember. Um, but the guy, the likes of us, it didn't. Well, it wasn't on Sky, though, was it? So I'm going to say the likes of it didn't have Sky. But Champs, he wasn't on Sky. It was on ITV. So watching a midweek game um, on a Wednesday night, Tuesday night, it was the, it was a, it was a draw, wasn't it? it was excitement. Um, like with the, you know, like for my, likes of myself, I think you guys had cable and Sky on a Sunday. The excitement of me looking forward to, to a football Italia on a Sunday. It was one live game a week. You know, being a football fanatic, as I said in the 90s, I enjoyed that. That's why we're so, that's why when we go back to the 90s, I always go back to Football Italia, which is the only game live I saw once a week and I loved it. But going back to the Champions League, yeah, um, I'm with Miller this day and age. I mean, I, I think off the top of my head, I don't really follow it as much now as you all well know, um, but I'd probably want PSG to win it because they're the only winners of their domestic league. Correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not sure, but. Yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a fan of the format. Like I've said, um, yeah, Champions League, Champions League '90s, early noughties, the music under the lights, whether it be Manchester United, um, Chelsea, whoever, it does give you a tingle. I must admit, it's exciting. Uh, Graham summed it up well. Uh, uh, 2006, when Arsenal lost in the Champions League final to Barcelona, that was that was as close as we have ever come, and it was just heartbreaking because fucking Jens Lehmann got sent off. Double early in that game, and it was we had chances to win it. To be fair, mm. but uh, so yeah, so so that's that's a bit that always obviously hurts because we've never won it. So, did Sol Campbell score in that game? Yeah, loud. Yeah, was this allowed? Yeah, that, that just made me think of the '98. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. He done the same in '98. '98 done the same. I got this allowed. He ain't never had much luck with them headers. Uh, he steps up and gets poo pooed on, doesn't he? Yeah. 
<laughs> we'll come back on the Champions League again. We won the episodes we do in a couple of weeks' time, so we'll delve more into that because that period from obviously United was ninety nine, but ninety nine to two thousand and ten was massively successful for English football, as I think Miller said uh, for Champions League and UEFA Cup at that period for English teams. Um, that was to, hence the, the golden generation for English football in that tournament because it was always seen as quite poor in Europe until that period, and all of a sudden we dominated quite consistently. We had, I think, four team, two teams or three in the quarterfinals for about five, six years in a row. FA Cup. We're going to delve into this season a bit more into the FA Cup as well, because we didn't really mention that last season as much as I thought we would have done. Um, the FA Cup, to me, and we, again, we spoke to a guest last week. Again, we'll be releasing that later on. And he said, as a kid, um, as a, a kid in a, in a, from another country, the FA Cup, when he was a winner of it, was the greatest achievement of his career. Um, and this guy's won the UEFA Cup. He's been in European tournaments, but he, he stands alone to the FA Cup. You see, he remembers watching it as a 10-year-old boy, never thinking he'll be able to lift that trophy. And when he did, it meant so much. It's now, obviously, it just doesn't mean as much. The, the FA Cup in the 90s, any, any, and I won't use gigs on this one or the early 2000s and that goal, but any other memories that you, you can remember about the, the, the FA Cup that you now miss? I miss... I'm. I miss the the, the mental, you know, like a few years ago, I, I couldn't tell you the year. Farnborough uh, drew Arsenal in the third round, a uh, hybrid, I think it was. And they're the fixtures that I like most about the cup, where, you know, sometimes these these minnows, they, they nick a result. And so I, I that's what I like about the FA Cup, um, is when a team that don't have that much money, the FA Cup will help them if they get a fixture at their ground. And they get a big team, you know, like that's 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 basic. Once it starts getting, obviously, if my team's in it, you know, but once they start, it starts going further. Like yesterday, Chelsea, Man City, I was there's loads of people watching it where I was, and I just really wasn't that asked, you know, like. Mm. But if that was if, if yeah, going back, if that was Arsenal, Farnborough, or Chelsea, Farnborough, I'd have more likely sat there to watch it and hoped and hoped that the the team wasn't expected to win wins you know like I, I, that's the bit I like about the FA Cup. FA Cup third round Dave when your big boys get the minnows that what you mean yeah. yeah I like I like it you know when a team yeah you know you get Haven and Waterlooville and all yeah. that lot get to the third round and they get and they get a big tie and it helps yeah. them out and they you'll, you'll find you'll find that there'll be a newspaper spread the day before that and it'll show what um what they do what they what jobs they do and their their families that in the middle in a double spread page that one's a plumber. One's a painter, and then he's going to be playing against David Silva. You know, like, all that. I like yeah. that bit of it. Yeah. So for me, that's it. FA Cup songs, anybody? Liverpool FC is hot as hell. United, Tottenham, Arsenal. Watch my list, and I will spell. Because they don't just play, but they can rap as well. Liverpool FC. My idea was it to go Liverpool into a bastion of invincibility, you know, like...
can't remember the uh, Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal had madness. The one of those doing one of their songs. The that was actually, you know what? As much I don't like Chelsea, right? But that that madness one for Chelsea, gonna make it a blue. That, that was decent. Chelsea, Chelsea. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. yeah. I I quite like that song. And I, remember I the Arsenal one day. The um. Oh. Hot stuff, was it? Yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. Mr. Fur and showing them how. I used to know all the words to that. But the What's happened to those? They've disappeared, haven't they? It's like you—is it frowned upon, or they just don't bother, or they don't mean? The, play, the players are probably thinking like, they've probably been embarrassed to do something like that now. Yeah, exactly. And why? What's changed? Oh, I think it's from a commercial point of view, it's interesting because clubs are so mm. commercially driven now that releasing a song would mean revenue of some sort. Um, or at least donating some money. To, I mean, back in the day, it was donated to charity. I think the whole point was they'd done a charity single for the FA Cup. Um, I think, you know, United had one with Come On Your Reds. I, I do miss it because it, it was quite innovative and quite funny when you had that song. It's quite cringy now, but I, I would like to see that back, definitely. The three things the FA Cup, we would all like to see back, FA Cup songs, quarterfinals being played at... at, at semi-finals, you mean? Semi-finals being played around the grounds. Um, Neutral, yeah. And the final of the FA Cup being the last fixture on the calendar. To yeah, road to Wembley, wasn't it, Paul? It was the road to Wembley. It wasn't road to the yeah. semi-final at Wembley. It was the road to Wembley. Yeah. Just, I'll yeah. tell you what, you know, you, you mentioned the gigs the gigs thing, but there was, we spoke about it before. The semi-final at a neutral ground, 50-50 fans was amazing. Absolute great game. I think they were better than the final sometimes, to be fair. Yeah, now it's all corporate at the finals, don't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Dan, and even now, though, the, the final being played at 5.30 after a Premier League game. Oh, come on. They're, Disrespectful, like, isn't it, Dave? It is. It's, it's making a mockery of it. Because, like the bit like you said, it was a whole day event, like the FA Cup final. You get right into it. You know, they showed the route to the final from both teams. Then you'd have old players coming, talking about it. You know, like, they're just being thrown on at 5.30. And that's, that's to me, that's, that's disrespectful to it, I think. Do you think the League Cup, I mean, personally, the League Cup in the, in the 90s and 2000 was a bit of a joke cup. It was, it was the Mickey Mouse Cup. No one really wanted to win it. It wasn't really bothered about. It was for, no disrespect to the clubs, but Leicester's, Middlesbrough's, uh, Aston Villa's, these other clubs that were coming. Because it, Man United, Liverpool, and that wasn't really competing in that much. They were part of the reserve team a lot of the time. Do you think the League Cup now, obviously jumping down the line a bit, is a bigger competition than the FA Cup now? No. I don't. Uh, no, no, If you no. watch it from when it starts, they're still putting out this second string. So how how is it even bigger? They only put their full size out when they get to the semis. Same as the FA Cup final, because they got a chance of winning silverware. But the FA, oh, No, I, I disagree. I, I hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on. The FA Cup are doing that. Man City made nine changes yesterday to their game. That's what I just said. In the FA Cup, they made. Oh, OK. In the FA Cup. Oh, OK. I haven't got the stats in front of me, but I'm guessing whoever was in the semi-finals of the League Cup didn't have their strongest 11 out either. So. I think they're both. I think the FA Cup, the value of it has gone down, but I don't think it's. In, I think it's equal to the League Cup now. I would say yeah. FA Cup, yeah, has to be FA Cup. It still has that value. I'd, yeah, I don't. The Premier Premier League is just a monster. I love the FA Cup and what they're doing with the TV on it and stuff like that. They, they yeah, they should just allow. To, as Graham said, the final to be the the only game in the FA Cup. The, as he said, the road to Wembley. It's it's just lost its magic. I love it. I I love the FA Cup from love. Sorry, love or loved. I love it still, especially that the semi-pro teams play it 
you go down Warren Farm on a, on a Saturday and they're playing in the FA Cup qualifiers straight away in pre-season. It gives everybody the chance. For, for say, like this guy who went to our school, Taggart, Tony Taggart, to play against Arsenal at Highbury, to play against Liverpool at Anfield, for, for somebody to get the opportunity from where we live, from our school and stuff like that, to go to those places, that's what dreams are made of. The second team, stream teams from the big clubs, that doesn't bother me, really, because the players have got to get playing time. The amount of games that the, that the teams are playing at the top, for, for them to play the, the younger players or the second stream, yeah, that, that don't bother me, really, in the well, FA Cup. The, the FA Cup, uh, the, the League Cup, and Graham, you disagree with me, which is absolutely fine, but... I think I've enjoyed, over the last four or five years, I think I've enjoyed the League Cup competitions more than any one FA Cup match in the last five years. I, I think League Cup in terms of competitiveness, and obviously I know this, the Man City have won it X amount of times, up until the final, I will say, because then it does, has been boring. But the, 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 the competition is itself, seeing young players come in and, and getting a chance now in the League Cup, I've enjoyed I mean, the League Cup is done so quickly now because it's generally done by February and a normal season. So a lot of the teams still use that and put their players out for it. They can still um, manage and, and maintain it. Where the FA Cup, I think, is coming into a busy period of the season, which is January, and then all the way through where it's the business end of the Premier League and the Champions League and the UEFA Cup. So all the big clubs kind of try and rotate. Fourth is now a trophy in a lot of people's eyes. And fourth is, if you ask Arsene Wenger, if you ask Jose Mourinho or anyone... If you can win the FA Cup but finish sixth or fifth, or you can not win the FA Cup and finish fourth, what are managers going to say now? There's one answer. They're all trophy. No, who, who don't want to say a trophy? Trophy. Oh, got to be a trophy. Let me let me flip it. Let me do a middle and flip yeah, it. Yeah, flip it. It has I'm to be. Flip it, right? Since we're, you're, we're talking about 2021 by the moment, let's go back to the period where we're supposed to be doing this podcast on, okay? Right. Any pro at that time, okay, since we're talking about 90s and noughties, ask them. Would they rather win the League Cup or the FA Cup? My guess would be the FA Cup. I might be yeah, completely I, wrong. I'm with you. Ask them. Yeah, I agree. Which trophy would they rather win? But if you want to go further on and talk about this day and age, I would still say ask any pro playing this day and age, what trophy would you win? You have to pick one: the League Cup or the FA Cup. I still think they'd pick the FA Cup. But do you not think they pick the FA Cup based on the fact that it's the FA Cup? Not on the yeah, either way. I might. The question is, what trophy? If you had to win one of those, the League Cup or the FA Cup, which one would you rather win as a player? I might be completely wrong, Paul. It's my opinion. Yeah. What one would you rather win? I still think they pick the FA Cup, mate. I agree. I don't. I don't. What about you, Dave and Miller? Uh, well, I think I think Mickey's getting. I I love to disagree with Mickey. It's my favourite thing in the world to do. But what he was trying to say is, is that the finishing fourth is more important now because what comes with it. Than win any FA Cup. That's yeah. not the question I asked, mate. No, but that's what Paul was saying to you. Yeah, yeah, but the question I asked, he's on about he flipped the, it. The demise of the FA Cup. The question I asked was, oh yeah, no, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. what yeah. cup would they rather? What yeah. trophy yeah. past the silver? Where would they rather win out of yeah, those? No, yeah, yeah, no, I agree, I agree. The FA Cup wins all day long, all day, yes. every day. So, as a fan, there you go. As a fan, I'm gonna flip it on you, Graham. As a Got fan, it. would you rather Fulham win the League Cup or the FA Cup? They both get you into Europe, so the FA Cup. FA Cup, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I I don't disagree with that in the slightest, but I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the flip that you flip that Miller flipped. <laughs> <laughs> if you say to a player now you play in the Champions League for a season or you win the FA Cup, what are the players saying? There's well, 
Champions League, obviously, yeah. But, but we're you, talking, you, you were talking about the League Cup and the FA Cup. Now you've run the Champions League as well. Yeah, no, no, because I'm saying... In that's, of, that's the ultimate, isn't it? So that's going to be the priority, yeah. But that's, what I'm totally saying, agree. That's, the, that's why it's deval- the FA Cup is devalued, is because in the 90s and early noughties, the Champions League was the first one or two teams and finishing fourth was, or third and even second wasn't a thing. But since yeah. it's become a fourth-place trophy, which I think Wenger's created in some respect, no, I'm not having a dig at Arsenal at all, but it was Arsenal's point was get fourth, and that was our number one. And they won a fair few of their cups on, on the road to it, but their priority... Fair few won the most. Yeah, you have won the most. But... Yeah, yeah, thank you, yeah. Don't leave that bit out. Yeah, but that's... Okay, well, I wasn't going to, but go on. <laughs> but I, th- no, I think, again, I'll tell you what, we're going to do an FA Cup special. So, we, 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 And this can all come back into that when, when Hart was around, as I'm sure I have some great insight to, to give us on that as well. He probably um, played in it the way he was talking yeah. the other day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think a championship, a championship playoffs, we didn't mention much of that on the last season. Um, Madcap playoffs of the 90s, and that was more 90s, where it had some absolutely fantastic finals in that. And there was some. I remember one, to be honest, but the old Charlton uh, Sunderland. That's the only Charlton. one I can remember off the top of my head. What, what yeah. was the show? Menduka. Menduka, was Mendonca, it? Menduka, yeah, yeah. Mendonka. Michael yeah. Gray missed the pen, didn't he? That's, I think that's the one that sticks in everyone's memory. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that that is obviously the key one when you're thinking about yeah. the, the playoff res, uh, results in the 90s. But then you also had. Um, uh, Kenny Dalglish at Blackburn uh, took them up with a 1-0 win over Leicester in 92. You had two years in a row of 4-3. Swindon beat Leicester 4-3. Then the following, uh, no, two seasons after, Bolton beat Reading 4-3. Um, obviously the 4-4, you had that. It was just, it was a fantastic competition, not a competition, but it was a fantastic, and that was something that was really looked forward to at the end of the season was the playoff finals. I know it is now, but now it's all about the money. Um, of course, you want to get in the Premier League and the top league, but it's all now focused. The headlines aren't so-and-so reaching the uh, Premier League. The, the headlines are the 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 pound jackpot um, of the, of the uh, championship in that period, which I thought was very yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's sorry, Paul, but you're, you're 100% right. You know, the weird thing, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm, I remember Fulham, obviously, being a Fulham support, they won the first division playoffs last year against Brentford. And they earned more money than the team that won the, champ- the, won the, team that won the Champions League the same season. Money-wise, that's so the ultimate the ultimate trophy in European football. Prize money was less than the second division in English tier football winners that finished fifth, sixth. Well, that's why I think they're trying to reach. Yeah, no, it's confusing, isn't it? Imagine explaining that to an alien, (laughs) or not an alien, but you know, somebody doesn't understand football. Is anything anything else we missed in the nineties or early two thousands? The voices of football. Does anyone? Do anyone? Does anyone miss them? I I do. You see, when you put your snippets into into our a podcast when we put all the snippets in the goals and Andy Gray, I don't care what anyone, whether you like him or not, he was he was brilliant on Sky and he's missed. Like Martin Tyler, he was decent as well. But Keys and Gray, they made Sky a, a bit of dirty bastards, which is what allegedly we're doing that again. But you know, which is why they got kicked off. But now they for me they still are. Like you hear them even now and they sound great. Yeah, no, I I totally got what Dave said. Um it's the 90s as well, wasn't it? Well, going into 2000s. Scottish accent as well. So Dave's a bit biased. But no, he's totally right. It's, this goes with the Premier League football from the start, doesn't it? Keys and Gray. Especially Andy Gray. I mean, his commentary is fantastic. And what he got, It's a bit like the Hoddle thing, isn't it? For what they got sacked for was nothing to do with what they were good at. You know? Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. They shouldn't have said what they said or did what they said. But unfortunately, yeah, they are missed. I must agree. I must agree. Dave's right. They are missed. Yeah. Sorry, the, uh, Miller, you're wincing a bit there in terms of the old keys and grey. 
needed a revamp for me. They're classic. They're, they're legends, as you guys said, but it did need a revamp. So I, I like the the balance now with with players that started in the Premier League and now they're talking about the Premier League. Andy Gray never played in the Premier League. So I, I like the Neville Carragher combo and and the the other pundits that come into it. Don't get me wrong. Like, as, as you guys said, legends. that They basically made Sky Sports what it is. Monday Night Football was blinding with Andy Gray and that, but it needed a revamp. Okay, revamp for Miller there. Um, I yeah. think I agree. I think I, what you're saying there, I think it's taken a long time to get to where we are in the last couple of years. With, and Mika Richardson, or Mika Richardson's brilliant. I think he's really made a, a massive difference to Sky personally. You know, because I think it was getting a bit stale again, but I think he's really getting a, uh, an injection of, of energy to the show. But I think we'll, we'll leave it there. And obviously, we've got loads of episodes coming up. The weekly quiz. It's um, We're going in. We've done what I've done this week because we're going into the 2000s. I've mixed it up from 92 up to 2009. Um, some of these players did play in the 2010s, but they were at these clubs in the 2000s and 90s. So no particular order. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Right. Let's start with Dave and I go to Millen and I go to Paul. Okay, Dave, you ready? No, but go on. Um, <laughs> Nottingham Forest, Scottish midfielder. Scott Gemmell. Well done. Scott Gemmell. Yeah. Miller. Southampton, Welsh striker. Ian Saunders. Uh, Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes. Mm. Paul? Yeah. Sheffield Wednesday, English goalkeeper. Kevin Pressman. Incorrect. Everton, English defender. Alan Stubbs. David Unsworth. Man City, Bermudan, striker. No idea. What? No idea. Well, guess. The goat. Sean well Gota. done. Sean Gota. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I got that one. The only one it could have been. <laughs> exactly, Bermudan. But Paul, Middlesbrough, Cameroonian midfielder. Um, uh, Scott Gemmell. Uh, not Scott Gemmell, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy. Scott. Jeremy. I meant to say Jeremy. Jeremy. Not nearly. Joseph Desiree, oh. job. Dave, Everton, Nigerian defender. Joseph Yobo. Well done. Joseph Yobo, yeah. Miller, Birmingham, Finnish striker. For sell. Well yeah. done. Mikael yes, Forsell. That's decent. I know, I, I know all of yours, but none of mine. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Man City. Chinese defender. Um, Fancy Dong. No. Sanji Hai. Fancy. What was that? What was that answer you said, Paul? Fancy Dong is from Borough. I was going to say, is that politically correct? Did you make that one up? Oh yes, Dave. Newcastle Congolese striker. Yeah, Dave Holland. Newcastle Congolese striker. Oh, um, oh God, I can see him. You got the answer quick. Oh, uh, yeah, now I'm going to have to let it go. No, anyone else? Luar, Luar. Well done, lads. Luana, Luar, Luar. Hold well on. 
Miller, Portsmouth, Zimbabwean striker. Tick tock, tick tock. No, tick. no. no, lads. No. Ben Johnny. Well done, Dave. Johnny, yeah. Ooh. Ben Johnny. Paul, Fulham, French midfielder. Ja. Here he goes. Here he goes. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. You can't answer quick, son. You've had longer than these two. I can't think of M. No. Anyone? Steve Malbronk. Yes. No. I thought Malbronk. No. Yeah. Oh, Silver look. Silver Legwinski. Ah, oh, good one. Remember, we're going to the noughties here, so it might be this is a bit harder. Right, Dave. Um, Liverpool, Danish midfielder. Um, nah. No? Uh, Anyone else? Nah. Miller? No? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh and that's 90s as well yeah well he did i did ask in the uh, whatsapp group he said have a mix so 90s yeah. and noughties yeah. miller southampton dutch defender and pike ken ken Moncow. legend paul yeah he'd be 80 now if he were playing then <laughs> yeah he played well into the i think he played in well into the late 90s dave Ooh, Paul Van Dyke. No, oh, Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Wimbledon, Irish defender. Uh, Kenny Cunningham. Well done, Kenny Cunningham. Yeah. Dave Newcastle, English midfielder. Rob Lee. Really. Oh. Lee Clark. Miller Crystal Palace, English goalkeeper. Nigel Mine. Well done, Nigel Martin. Yes, that's nice. That's nice. What's the score, Graham? I've no three, idea. You have to do it with the three, two, one. <laughs> Paul Portsmouth, Bulgarian striker. Oh, uh, uh, Todorov. Todorov. I'm going to give you that. Todorov. Todorov. Yeah. <clears throat> Dave, Man United, Angolan striker. Hey, what? Man United, Angolan striker. Now, Angolan's a bit of a giveaway because I don't think there uh, are many Angolan strikers. The White York. Angolan? Oh, no, he was Trinidad and Tobago, wasn't he? <laughs> Shit. Uh, I don't know. No. No, anyone else? Mancino. Manucho. Manucho, yeah. Paul, Manucho, yeah. Miller, Newcastle, Nigerian striker. Martins. Well done. Over Femi Martins. Nice. Yeah. Paul, Man City, Belgian defender. I'm going to say company, but I think it's too... Yeah, can't go company. Yeah, it's times when that's too obvious, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's too obvious. Daniel Van Boyten. Ah, Nice. Dave, Leeds, Scottish midfielder. Gary McAllister. Well done. Gary. <laughs> could give you an easy one, could I? No, give me more of them if you want. Miller, Chelsea, Scottish defender. Steve Clark. Well done, Steve Clark. <laughs> What's the score, Miller? Five to me, three to Holland, two to you. Here we Paul, English, Arsenal striker. I know Ian Wright is obviously the obvious one. But I don't know if you've gone obvious. I'm a bit, it's a difficult one. 
Because uh, you could have gone Kev Campbell. I'm going to go Kevin Campbell. Oh! <laughs> Smudger Smith. <laughs> Dave, West Ham, Northern Irish midfielder. Um, nah. No. No. No, Miller? Michael Hughes. <laughs> Miller, Aston Villa, Irish defender. Paul McGrath. Nearly. I did it in previously. Steve Thornton. Getting close to the end now. Paul, Blackburn, Australian defender. Brett, I'm, I'm a bro. No, Australian, Lucas Neal. Well done, yeah. Lucas Neal. Well done. Play your first answer. <laughs> <laughs> Dave. Wigan, Honduran midfielder. Uh, Figueroa. Palacios. No. Wilson Palacios. Well done, Paul. Wilson Palacios, yeah. Miller. Man United, Argentinian defender. Oh, Heinzer. Yes. Gabriel, Gabriel Heinzer. Heinzer. Well done, yeah. Yes. And the last one is Paul. Arsenal, Belarusian midfielder. Uh, Kleb or Kleb? Yes, well, Alexander Kleb. That's it. Well done. That's all of them. The last ten was for Lee. Six to me, four to Paul, three to Holland. Should we, uh, should we do ten more? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, come on. So you've got the last ten. You've done, you've done better than what I thought you look. Well done. I thought it'd be quite hard. Right, so I start with Dave. So I'll continue with Dave. Dave, West Brom, Hungarian midfielder. What? Geta. Uh, Premier League, Nauties. It was, yeah. uh, yeah, he does not, is, is Geta, is that his name? It's close. No, Dave, no? Anyone no. else? Paul was closer. No. No? That's why I meant Gira, oh, yeah, I was trying to say. Zoltan Gira, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I knew I couldn't pronounce it, but yeah. Nice. Miller, Chelsea, Peruvian striker. Pizarro. Well done, Paul. Yes, it is. Claudio Pizarro. Wow. Yeah. I just see him look down and a light flashed. Let <laughs> <laughs> him put his hands in front of him then. My hands were like that. What are you talking about? You look down. What do you look down at? They said it, not me. Right, Paul, it's your go. Wigan, Colombian striker. Uh, Wigan. Figueroa. <laughs> I hate when Close. he does that. Close. He's close. I've got to get it. It's, it's figure. It, I, it's, I can't pronounce it. He's close. Anyone else? Oh. Hugo Rodiega. Rodiega, yeah. Yeah. Dave, Tottenham, Norwegian, goalkeeper. Uh, Nielsen. No. Eric Torsvet. Uh. Remember him? Blackburn, Scottish striker. No, blank. Um, oh, no. Kevin Gallagher. He stole yeah, it from nice. him. Nice. Yeah, he stole it from you. It was Gallagher. I wouldn't, have got it. I wouldn't have got that. Paul, Chelsea, Serbian striker. I don't know this one. Come to me. If he does what he's done, I know he's going to do it. Uh, Kesman? No, yes, it was Matea Kesman. Well done, mate. Dave, Blackburn, Paraguayan striker. Roque Santa Cruz. Well done, mate. Roque Santa nice. Cruz, yeah. 
Miller, Man City, Brazilian striker. Rubinho. Uh, Elano. Oh, Joe. Joe. (laughs) Last two left. Paul, Man City, Irish striker. No, no idea. Noel Quinn. Well done, Dave. Noel Quinn. Nice. Miller, what's the scores? Six, five, four. Same order. Me, you, Holland. Fulham, Argentinian striker. No, no. Silva. Is that his name? Saliva. 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 Miller, no. Wore the mask. He wore the mask. Yeah, that's the one. Sava, yeah. you, Sava. Get in. Six, six, five. Middle, it's on, motherfucker. Are we stealing points? <laughs> oh, no. It's points. not yours. I didn't realise we were stealing points. Oh, for we were stealing uh, points. Oh. No. Oh, forget this shit game then. If we were stealing points, you would have won this long time ago. Right, there's two left then. Miller, Everton, South African midfielder. Everton, South African. Stephen Pienaar, is it? Stephen Pienaar, well done. So at least Paul, Coventry, American striker. Max Moon, Max... Um... Are you on about Joe Max Moore? Yeah, Joe Max Moore. No, not a Coventry. Oh, obviously, oh sorry, oh. I thought you said... Okay. Oh, regularly. Well, I have no idea what the scores are, so... That's I enjoyed lot, that. Miller, well done, son. That was a, a good victory there. I think next week we have to start introducing steals into this because I should have won that by about nine points. <laughs> well, that's fine. Well, I enjoyed that. Okay, guys, thank you very much. And we look forward to seeing you all again next week. Have a good week. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.